Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 161 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's been a while. Sometimes I forget what to say at the start. And uh, I didn't this time, which is nice. Uh, I'm actually happy to be back. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's cold, it's winter, whatever. Uh, he's Justin Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, Justin, it's been a hot minute. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been it's been what three weeks now. Uh, October twenty fourth is our last episode. So yeah, like three weeks since we've corresponded via microphone with uh, with each other and with the listeners of the pod. So yeah, it's good to be back. You know what? We t- we've talked about uh, on the mic too. Just this season was a was a grind. We we worked hard. We did like two episodes a week. Um, just grinding it out. Busy on the socials. Needed a break. Needed to recoup focus on work for a bit, you know, and then just get a break in. It's, it's, uh, the winter time has settled in here in Saskatoon. We've got snow on the ground and it's cold as, as ice and it's supposed to be a big storm this week. So I'm just like ready to, to lock back into podcast mode for the winter time. Yeah, I think so too. We needed the break. It was a very emotional roller coaster, especially at the end, winning all those games and it ultimately Didn't not matter. mattering. <laughs> yeah. We were already sort of drying dead. Um, but that's okay. You know what? The Jays had a tremendous season. Uh, there were yes. 29 other teams that also did not, or 28 other teams that also did not win the World Series. So, <laughs> you, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but yeah, it sucks to suck even worse if you're a team like Baltimore, uh, who has Pittsburgh like no or the yeah. D backs. But you know what? Uh, I think there's a lot of positives to take out of this season and uh guess what folks uh this is it this is the first of our autopsy episodes i don't know if we really want to go with that title (laughs) i love it i think it's great uh it used to be called making the grade uh we thought about calling it post-mortem or autopsy uh i don't know i don't know (laughs) it's very morbid uh but i guess we're gonna do it we're gonna talk about all the pitchers who finished the year with the jays I think I don't think there's pretty much who didn't. Yeah, we're um, not, so we're not going to talk about Dolis. We're not going to talk about Chatwood. No. Um, Anybody who didn't finish the year with the Jays, they're dead uh, to us. Is not on this list. Yeah, uh, and you know, there's probably a good reason anyway. We didn't want them here anyway. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Farewell. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Um, let's do. All right. So. If you're interested in our tomfoolery, you can always check us out at BFMD Podcast. Run Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, and I'm sure there's a bunch of bootleg ones that you can find us. Uh, who cares? Shout out <laughs> to all of our fans in New Hampshire. Um, excellent name for a state. Isn't that a state, New Hampshire? It is, yes. Home of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. They play become, in Manchester, New Hampshire. For, for they fact. they will be known as the New Hampshire Chicken Tenders for one yeah. game, isn't it, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. They're about a, a forty-minute drive from Fenway Park. Just I looked it up one time because I was curious if I ever went uh, to a game at Fenway if I could go to a Fisher Cats game, and it's about forty minutes of driving. Their their social media game is second to none. Very amongst, good amongst the uh, the minor leagues. Uh, just great stuff. Uh, shout out to, to the Vancouver Canadians. Uh, I don't know, special little. Hey, how you doing? Um, yeah. Before we get into the the baseball shit, 
it's been a while since we talked about well it's been a while since we recorded so let's do <laughs> let's we got to talk a little we got to talk writers okay yeah so big w uh Huge. this past week over the uh, edmonton elks yeah um really good uh so they're they're nine and four yeah and they've won four games in a row now which is that's right getting so, hot at the right time you know is this that was a playoff or no that no there's a there's still the one more week of regular season next week right. is next week is week 16 uh and they finish off at the tiger cats but the riders have already clinched they're going to play the stampeders in the western semifinal in Regina. that's right there's still yeah. a little bit to be decided in, in the east in the east but yeah. uh i think all those teams are they it's six teams make it right that's correct so uh, the yeah. alouettes all the teams have clinched so yeah there argos, won't be a crossover Ticats, this year yeah no yeah. crossover uh nice. argos ticats alouettes uh clinch uh the bombers the riders and the stamps clinch the rest of the teams can go fuck themselves <laughs> uh the edmonton elks really uh the name i don't know if it's the name change or the team was just gonna be shit they, they whatever it is weren't good uh yeah. yeah there's a bunch of teams that have like uh the red blacks have lost six in a row the lions have lost seven in a row and not to be outdone the elks have lost eight in a row yeah they haven't won since labor day uh the bad teams have been bad the good teams have been good and this is your final six um the tie cat game kind of meaningless uh would, for the riders not for the tiger for the cats, riders because the stakes the, are very high for the time yeah cats. because hamilton and montreal are both sitting at seven and six so mm-hmm. if one of them, if they both win, I believe Montreal still keeps second. Um, I can't remember what the tiebreaker scenario is like there. But uh, the, the, yeah. if one of them were to finish at 8-6, and six, then then obviously the other team will. Well, they get to host a game. That's true. And then the loser gets, or the loser goes home, the winner goes and plays the Argonauts, who mm-hmm. uh, are heating back up again. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if that matters. Uh, the Argonauts though are undefeated at home, and so are the Bombers. So, I'm interested. I'm invested. I think the Riders are going to give uh, anybody they play in the playoffs a run for their money. Very good defense they're, this year. Yeah, they. I would argue they're the hottest team in the CFL right now. Um, yeah, it should be. It's going to be really interesting. But uh, I digress. Go Riders. Uh, I'm hitching my wagon to that horse. <laughs> Um, we got to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about one more non-baseball thing and then we'll talk, start talking about baseball yes. stuff. So I, our, uh, what was it? Friday was Disney plus day. So there were a bunch of trailers and a bunch of announcements of all the content that they're bringing, which is cool and all that. But it was also the day that Shang-Chi, uh, and the, is it the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? That's I, correct. Fucking up the title of that. You okay. Got it. Shang-Chi, uh, still playing in theaters, but uh, also is now in Disney+. Plus. I watched it yesterday, and uh, whew, god damn, that is, that, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. The fun. third act was insane. I know some people uh, don't like CGI clusterfucks, uh, but this was a good kind of clusterfuck. Uh, it was very, very cool. The I don't want to spoil anything. I'll, I'll just say that Shang-Chi, it, along with Doctor Strange, are two of my favorite origin stories that they've done. 
Yes. Uh, and they very and they're newer movies yeah, in the grand scheme of things. And I, I really hope to see a lot more Shang-Chi in the future. Um, I know a lot of people also are not fans of Aquafina. Uh, I think she was great in this movie. Yeah, she was fun. She's, fun she's character. Fun. Yeah, she's good. Very fun character. Uh, it was very cool to see uh, Wong from the Doctor yep. Strange movies. <laughs> uh, him kind of pop in. I'm excited to see if there's a little bit more. Uh, we get to see Shang Chi maybe do some more stuff uh, with Doctor Strange in the future. I imagine they're building him up to be like a replacement level uh like captain america equivalent like where he's like on the ground fighter yeah i would say so he's he's uh he's gonna be an avenger at some point most likely yeah i would think so so at the same time too uh i did watch black widow i don't know uh like a week or two ago and i was like eh, this is all right it felt very boring because the stakes were very low we already knew what's gonna happen um because obviously i was kind of hoping that they would start the movie where it would just pan in on uh black widow's like dead body on vormir and then it would do like a record scratch and was like yep that's me (laughs) i bet you're wondering how i got here and you can certainly you can certainly check that out but uh before we get to that good story we'll talk about this mediocre story uh, which was really carried by uh, all the other characters that were introduced to. Uh, very cool. Taskmaster was kind of cool twist, a very scary threat uh, on an individual level. I thought Florence Pugh was the the new, you know, uh, the new widow, I guess. I don't know. Oh, maybe she is. Maybe she's not. We'll find um, out. Yeah. Uh, she was fantastic. Very funny. Very, uh, very cool clearly has like a same or similar skill set to uh natasha yeah um what are your thoughts on those two movies yeah i'm kind of in the same the same ballpark as you uh i saw them both in theaters um black widow it was it was cool on a big screen because there's a lot of like like action scenes and especially like kind of the end they're all like when everything's falling back to the ground back to earth sort of deal that was kind of fun just see on the big screen but but yeah like obviously knowing that she wasn't going to die in that movie <laughs> it made the stakes a little bit lower because you you knew that her death was going to be elsewhere later on um yeah so that one I, I don't know it was it was more of like a i don't know it was it was an actiony marvel movie it, there wasn't much story to it i found like there was a little bit of like backstory on her and obviously on florence Pugh's character and then they bring in like uh rachel weiss into it as well too like there's a lot of there's a lot of good acting in the movie. I thought um, the story itself was kind of meh. Shang Chi, on the other hand, yeah, that one for me is is one of my favorite Marvel movies in, in the last few years. Anyway, Maybe, like I'm not sure where it ranks all time. I haven't really sat down to slot that into my power rankings yet. But uh, in terms of origin stories, yeah, like I, I'm with you. It was right up there with Doctor Strange. I think my favorite MCU origin story is still Captain America. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely. It definitely um i don't know, i just i just love like the world war two and stuff era that's just a cool time but anyway the strong chi yeah I, I think for, for the, the amount of cgi that was in it they did a really good job with it like I, for me it didn't ever feel like it was cheesy or out of place it, it everything fit in really well so i think it was a very well-made movie um the soundtrack was great love that love that yeah for actually it. yeah 
Yeah, I soundtrack was great. You know, what was really I found a little bit annoying was uh, if I had to pick one thing to pick on uh, Shang Chi. Uh, that's how you pronounce it correctly, Shang Chi. They talk about this in the movie. It's not just Shang Chi. It's Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I was re- I spent hours reading about uh, all these characters because I I knew. I knew about the character from some comics from like the early two thousands, I think. Right. Um, but like, apparently, like he's uh, he's a bro of Spider Man and a bro of like uh, Iron Fist. <laughs> cool. And and uh, like a bro of Moon Knight and all them. Like so Iron Fist makes of, sense. <laughs> yeah, he's a part of like the um, the Marvel Knights. It's kind of like this unique group of street level uh, dudes. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Uh, I, I also, I was reading about all these, uh, like the bad guy, like they're the one that has the sword. His name is Razor Fist. Okay. It's kind of a little on the nose, right? The yeah. guy with the sword, the machete blade on his yeah, right yeah. hand. Yeah. A little on the hand. And, um, <laughs> Tony Lung, oh my God, he should, he should get nominated for some awards, uh, as the character Wenwu, who... Mm-hmm is apparently a an amalgamation of a couple of different characters okay yeah like the character they're the mandarin he's like yeah. the real mandarin as opposed to the uh, <laughs> uh guy pierce's character from yeah iron man 3 Matt, and then how how fun was that little twist with him being in the movie trevor slattery yeah trevor slattery uh, that was super ben fun Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of. I found him a little bit annoying, but I, I loved understand it. It was like great. he was there for comically. It was cool. And but like, like the to, to tie into the, kind of the uh, end of his story, sort of thing, so to speak. Maybe. Well, maybe the end. Maybe the end. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's. I just thought it was cool how like we got to see the real Mandarin. Yeah. And then uh, you also meet uh, like his daughter. I didn't know Shang Shang Si had a uh, a sister. Yeah, her name, I I'm scared to pronounce it. Shu uh, Xiaoling, Shu Xiaoling. Yeah, I can't remember how they said it. It's been a while. I'm just I'm trying my I'm legitimately trying my best to be respectful of of the proper pronunciation. Yeah, but she becomes kind of like the uh, the new leader of or ooh that's a spoiler. Ooh, um, spoiler. Oh spoiler alert! She's at the end takes over um anyway it's all cool like i thought it was a very cool to like get immersed in this like new world and like i don't know i don't know jack shit about chinese culture so it was very cool to kind of get immersed in that and like i feel like this is a good way for people who don't uh you know it's like a kind of a gateway where it's like you can go ahead and wikipedia some of this stuff and you'll have some fun <laughs> but yeah that's uh Let's talk baseball. Let's talk some baseball. We got a couple of things before baseball. Blue Jays, right? So we'll do that. That's right. Yeah. Happy retirement to everybody's favorite catcher uh, and soon to be Hall of Famer and, you know, the required five-year wait or whatever it is. Buster yeah. Posey, uh, great, great catcher, uh, rides off into the sunset with a gold glove award as well as a or, no, a silver slugger, sorry. Yeah, Did not this, win the gold this year he won one the week after he retired. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's his yeah. fifth, fifth one of his career, by the way. Uh, absolutely fantastic. It was great to see Buster Posey ride off into the sunset with uh, with that award. Too bad 
The Giants didn't get further, but uh, yeah, it is what it Career is. Career accolades for Buster Posey, Patrick. An MVP, mm-hmm. Rookie of the mm-hmm. Year, mm-hmm. a seven-time All-Star, mm-hmm. three-time World Series champion. That's right. That gold glove once, a five-time silver slugger, and one of the only catchers to win a batting title. So. That's right. One of four, if I recall One of four, correctly. I believe. Yeah, we looked it up uh, last Justin, Justin Morneau, or no, not Justin Morneau, Joe, Joe Mauer. The other guy. A couple yeah, times. Yeah. Joe Mauer, and then there's, I can't remember the other ones, but because uh, they yeah. haven't happened in like 50 years. It's been years a while. Like so, yeah, it's been a, a minute. Yeah. Um, obviously had a, had a couple years, like 2011, where he uh, had the leg broke with a, with a slide at home. It introduced that the blocking of the plate rule, the Buster Posey rule. So, <laughs> And he also opted out during uh, the 2020 season due to the COVID pandemic. So for him, I mean great career he is his final final slash line for his career averages uh 302 batting average 372 wow. on base and a 460 slug for an 831 ops as a catcher that's pretty um, much a lock for the hall of fame his on paper the stats i know he didn't play as long as other uh, retired at catchers. 34 which is insane to me he still had some life left on that in those legs yeah, those knees. Yeah, they don't. Uh... Especially hitting 304 in his last season. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, career 302 is a 10 year vet. Three, he's he's done it all. There's yeah. nothing left for him to do. Yeah. So retired 34, probably a millionaire. He can go do whatever he wants to do. Open up a catcher's school or. I believe he has. A, I believe he has like a few kids. I can't remember, but I don't want to look yeah. into his family too much. It seems kind of creepy, but yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll be able to enjoy his children's childhoods and not be away all the time. Cause that's, it's tough. And like you're away from February. If you're a catcher, cause you got to report early all the way until the end of the playoffs, which could be middle to middle to late October. So that's a long time to be away when you got kids. So um, hopefully he can, hopefully he can enjoy some life with the family. Yep. Congratulations. Happy trails, those. buddy. Congrats on your retirement. Let's talk gold gloves. We yes. got some representation. Some hard way. We don't have to talk about everybody. Let's just talk about, Yes. Obviously the big one. Uh, American League Gold Gloves, second baseman, your Toronto Blue Jays, uh, or former Toronto Blue Jay, yeah. Marcus Samin. Hopefully future Toronto Blue Jay. Um, yeah, Marcus Samin, second baseman. This is his first Gold Glove of his career, and it's at a position that he hadn't played before in a full season. So I think it's reflective, though, of, of how outstanding a player he is, that he would just... have an MVP caliber season. <laughs> And nominated for the MVP, by the way. One he'll of the probably finish third place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, still, outstanding season. Bro is going to get paid wherever he goes. Uh, should we just like rip, rip through these? Sean Murphy uh, won for the catchers. Yuli Gurriel for the Astros at first. Chapman uh, at third base for the Athletics. Carlos Correa. He's going to get paid. He also won the uh, Platinum Glove, too. That's right, yeah. Best fielder the in the league. And platinum glove at shortstop. Andrew Benintendi holding it down for the Royals and left. Meanwhile, in center field, Michael A. Taylor. Uh, Joey Gallo winning it in right, uh, despite the fact that it is. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing he can hit home runs. on the other side of the plate. Yeah, the performance <laughs> on the other side of the plate wasn't great. Dallas Keuchel, or is it Keuchel or Keuchel? Keuchel, I believe. Keuchel? Okay, yeah, I apologize. That's, that's how I've heard it in the past anyway. We do on Bat Flips and Maple Dips, we do our best to pronounce it correctly, <laughs> regardless. Uh, sometimes we make ourselves sound like asses, but we it's best of intentions. We're we're just uh, trying to be so, better than Buck Martinez. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so the White Sox uh, pick up a gold glove there. 
in the NL. Let's talk about these. The Cardinals. The Redbirds. The Redbirds got five out of the ten, or no, or nine yeah. available, sorry. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Jacob Stallings uh, of the Pirates gets it a catcher. Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, and Tyler O'Neill. Canadian. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, also... Uh, Harrison Bader got the other one Harrison for the Cardinals Bader as well. for the Cards. Brennan Crawford at short. Adam Duvall in right field for the Braves. World Max, Series champion. That's right, World Series champion Max Fried. Pitcher, holding her down. Yeah, he was oh, great. Are they, do they have six, team gold gloves? Is that what that is? Team Astros, team Cardinals? Yeah, so at the best defensive team. So ah, like, the American League, the Astros were the best defensive team. And then the National League, obviously, the Cardinals were because... Shout out to Platinum Glove winner in the NL, Nolan Arenado. This guy is going to be a megastar. He already is. Yeah, he already is. But I mean, like, he, I think the this is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, he's already, like, he's already 30. <laughs> That's his uh, know, fourth Platinum Glove, by the way, in his career. That's his fourth platinum glove. Ninth this gold glove. Is... He's played. He's played nine years. He's won a gold glove every year, including his rookie season. What an absolute machine! Yeah, uh, incredible. And he's also got four silver sluggers as well, too. So he's just. I feel like we're. This is his final form. Yeah, he's uh, already got as much career war as Buster Posey's entire career, and he's only played for nine years. So. Is he a finalist for the uh, the MVP? In uh, the no, I don't believe he is. So who is it? It's uh, uh, Bruce Hooper, and then who else? Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Hmm. MVP looks at more offense, I find, than defense. I feel like it's going to be Harper. I believe you're right. Bruce Hooper had a great year. Um, and we'll so find out those awards uh, this week. Um, we were talking about it before the show. Uh, tomorrow, Monday, Rookie of the Year. Uh, Tuesday is Managers of the Year. Wednesday are the Cy Youngs, and then Thursday are the MVP Awards. So next time we talk to you guys, we will have those award winners, and hopefully some Blue Jays will be among those. At least one of them we'll see. would be great. Let's talk Silver Sluggers. Yes. Because we won, we won. The There's Jays got, we got three, three, but let's start right from the top. Obviously, Salvador Perez, not a surprise, winning yep. it for the Royals at catcher. Aaron Judge obviously winning it in the outfield <laughs> for the Yankees. Uh, Cedric Mullins, I believe that is his first. Yes, I believe so. I can the Orioles, Shohei Otani for the Angels at DH. Xander Bogarts winning it at shortstop. Zander. I imagine that one was very close between him and Bobachette. Uh, Raphael Devers also. Or Devers. I would even put Carlos Correa in the third base or the shortstop one too. Yeah, no, that's got, that was a tough choice. Who I yeah. don't envy whoever had to make these picks. Uh, yeah. Devers winning it <clears throat> for, at third base for the Red Sox, but then first baseman from your Toronto Blue Jays, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> Marcus Semien at second base, sweeping uh, the two awards that he realistically could win yep uh and then of course your boy back to boy, back back to back silver sluggers for teoscar hernandez let's go cannot wait for him to get paid i really hope it's the jays who pay him uh how do you feel about this uh i feel really good vladdy by the way youngest first baseman ever to win the silver slugger uh 22 years old so 
unbelievable year for him. Yeah, future is bright. He also won the Hank Aaron Award as the best offensive player in the American League. Um, yeah, so that's I, a thing. Uh, I feel like that is his. Like, uh, <laughs> it's going to end up being his. What do you call it? Consolation prize. Yeah, it's for the MVP because the guy mm-hmm. who won the Silver Slugger for DH uh, Shohei Otani is likely to win the MVP. Um, you look at the Ameri- that the Silver Sluggers, Patrick. It's kind of like an American League, League East sandwich. Uh, you got Sal Perez and Otani being the bread, and the everything in between them is all AL East between the Blue Jays, yeah. Yankees, and the Orioles. So and Red Sox. That's all- a lot so, of ham and cheddar in between those a lot of a lot of right. al east in the silver slugger awards mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and and in the other side of things mm-hmm. in the gold glove only joey gallo and marcus samin were the only two al Easts to win gold gloves so definitely an offensive league if you if you would um yeah no i i feel i feel really great like i mean obviously these guys all played incredibly well vladdy had a season for the ages as a 22 year old mm-hmm. to oscar backed up uh, a, a very good shortened 2020 season with an insanely productive 2021. And he missed three weeks at the beginning with COVID as well, too, if we remember correctly. This is also Marcus Samin's yep. first silver slugger, by the way, as well, too. So he cleaned up his first gold glove and his first silver slugger and his first all-star award all in a one-year deal with the Blue Jays and will likely finish third in MVP voting. That I still think that the $18 million spent on Samin was maybe the best one-year signing of all time. Um in terms of Blue Jay value, anyway, and Robbie Ray's eight million is a pretty close second, uh, but it's just insane the amount of hardware that those two guys could pick up. Because Robbie Ray got like the Player's Choice American League Pitcher of the Year already as well too. So yep. Um, yep. yeah, yeah, some pretty some pretty great accolades for a team who finished fourth place in their division and won more games than the World Series champions. So pain. Um, yeah, let's talk yeah. NL right NL, quick. yeah, quickly. Yeah, our boy Buster Posey. At catcher, you love to see that. Love it, uh, Fredward Freeman. Love it. Part, the Braves. Kind, Freddie Freeman's Braves. kind of kind of Canadian because his mama's Canadian. Mm-hmm. So he's Canadian. Partial Canadian, Freddie Freeman, dual citizen. He's Canadian. He oh, played yeah. for Canada. He can he only sure did ever play for WBC. Canada for the rest of his life. That's right. Good for him. Uh, as a tribute to his mother, who yep. is Canadian. Uh, so Fredward Freeman for the Braves. Ozzy Albies uh, for the Braves at second. Austin Riley at third for the Braves. Nick. Uh, Castellanos in the outfield for the Reds. Max Max Freed winning the Silver Slugger for the pitcher. And he won uh, the Gold Glove, so congrats yeah. to him on some hardware. Obviously, winning, winning the World Series is more important, but two individual for, awards, too. Bryce Harper for the Phillies in the outfield. Juan Soto for the Nationals in the outfield. And then, of course, uh, boy, what might have been for those Padres this year? Fernando Tatis Jr. getting Silver Slugger at short. Uh, I feel so bad for the Padres at the same time. I don't because they kind of self-destructed. They, they hitched their, their wagon to the, the U Darvish and Blake Snell wagon and it didn't go well. Yep. Didn't, didn't, didn't pan out for them, but, uh, man, what a, what a hell of a year for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. What a hell of a year. Shout out to them for winning the World Series. Yeah, congrats. I don't remember if we talked about that or not last No, time we, we haven't talked because it it's it was still oh, going. <laughs> we should have let off the whole thing with that. The Braves, nah. <laughs> great team. Uh, they were the team that entered the playoffs with the worst record uh, with yep. 88 wins. They had 44 wins before the All-Star break, 44 wins after the break, and the, what was it, the 44th day of the playoffs. Somewhere... Uh, the spirit of Hank Aaron uh, watches on, smiling. Yep. Uh, all for him. 
good good storybook ending to the season though. Uh, yeah, for it's, the it was funny uh, when the playoffs started. Some of my coworkers that don't know as much about baseball uh, were asking me like, "Hey, how often does a wild card team win the World Series?" And we went back and looked. And I think this was like the seventh or eighth time since the wild card became a thing in like the early two thousands or late nineties uh, that a wild card team has actually won the World Series. So it was good. It was fun. Yep. But uh, should Shout we talk about Braves. should we talk about some pitching now? Some Blue Jay pitchers. Yep, it's time to put on the gloves, the mask, the surgeon outfit, and all that. It's time to dissect. Let's cut this thing uh, open. Yeah, let's just pull off the bandaid and get right to it. It's time to grade all the pitchers that finished the year with the Toronto Blue Jays who had meaningful innings. So our cutoff was twenty three point two innings. That was the <laughs> lowest we were willing to go to uh, issue a grade even then there might be an incomplete yeah and they had to be with the team at the end of the season yeah on their so roster. let's get right into it and start with our ace justin yeah. let's let's so in, in terms of like a, a medical procedure this one is like a routine checkup because there's not a lot to dive into here that's there's no negatives at all uh robbie ray uh career year in a one-year, $8 million contract, uh, which is, again, you're laughing. It's it's baffling. $8 million. This guy was probably worth about 30 this year uh, in terms of, like, added value. But if we look at it, man, he's, he's going to get paid, Patrick Marsh. Um, we'll talk about value in a second. But I think my only concern for Robbie Ray is that he's essentially a two-pitch pitcher. I looked into, like, some numbers on Savant, as I am akin to do, and um, – 60% fastball, 31% slider. The other 9% is like change up, and that's that's it. That's Those are his three pitches. Um, the fastball is up. The slider is down and in to right-handed batters. And basically, if, if the batters start just looking for the heater and eliminating anything that's low in the zone, they can just stop swinging, and it'll be, it'll be tough. But for this season, I'm giving him an A+, because the two-pitch mix worked. He struck out 11.5 batters per nine innings, he actually holds the major league record, Patrick, all time for K's per nine innings with at least a thousand innings pitched. So, uh, Robbie Ray is allegedly the best of all time at striking out batters <clears throat> per nine innings. So, yeah, I that's don't know fun, if I go. I don't know stat. if I go that far, but it's pretty tremendous. He still see. has a, a long. He still has like eight, hopefully eight, like eight, nine more years of his career left as like a thirty-year-old player. So, pretty much every basic metric, he had career best. Yeah, maybe except for BBs per nine. The rest of them. I mean, just... you walk less than three batters per nine innings, you're you're doing well. And he was two point four seven, so basically a walk every three and two thirds ish innings, which is pretty good considering you go seven innings a start on average this year for him, and that's like two walks a start, and you can live with that. How do you like that? ERA two point eight four, FIP three point six nine, beating the FIP projections. Beat the FIP projections. Love it. You love to see the guys beat the projections. Um, and I mean the the FIP and the XFIP <clears throat> being three six nine and three three six, still very good numbers. Unbelievable. Yeah, and then having being worth three point nine uh, WAR. If if this guy doesn't win the Cy Young, I'll be I'll be sad <laughs> and shocked a little bit. Garrett Cole had a good year too, but I think Robbie Ray, with the amount of bounce back that he had from where he was when the Jays acquired him last season, is 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 just astronomical compared to Garrett Cole. Um, 
You have a question here, Patrick. Have we ever seen a guy like this for the Blue Jays dominate on the mound since Doc? It, yeah, man. I don't. This might be the best single season Blue Jay pitching performance since since Roy Halladay. Maybe well uh, 2014 R.A. Dickey, but I'd have to go back and look at the stats. Yeah. And even then, not quite as dominant as this. Yeah, not, uh, not a very comparable pitcher either. <laughs> no, it's difficult to compare them, but as far as like quality uh, stat lines at the end of the season, R.A. Dickey yeah. did have a yeah. couple that were really good. I don't think anything was even remotely close No. to, to, to Robbie Ray. So I would say since Doc... Since peak doc, I'd say Robbie Ray is holding it down. Yeah. Was pretty pretty damn dominant. I know um, <clears throat> uh, Papa Burley had a good one, had a good year um, before he kind of ran out of gas. Uh, but I'm not going to dig too deep into that. <clears throat> the real question uh, on everybody's mind, how do we like our chances of him re-signing? <clears throat> What's a reasonable contract? Yeah, so it's really tough to say. I, I think the chances of, of re-signing him, I'd put it 50-50. And, that low. And, and our, our boy, friend of the show, Chris Henderson, at Baseball for Brains, uh, editor at Jay's Journal, he, his prediction in his article that he wrote a couple weeks ago was about a five-year, $125 million range. So basically 25 mil per year. That's what Zach Wheeler got from the Phillies two years ago. Um, and there's, I don't, and he doesn't think there's any way that, that they get him for less than a hundred million. Um, so five and five and one twenty five is Hendo's prediction. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably like, I, I'd say I'm a, I'm a five year, I'm a five year, $115 million. So I'll shave a few million off a season, but I'd say he's going to be in that one, one ten to one twenty five range for sure. I actually think that the percentage likeliness of us uh, re-signing him is, uh, I would say, 70%. Really? And the reason why is, uh, number one, uh, he has, I mean, he's already established himself here as the ace with the franchise he came to us an absolute mess of a pitcher uh and that's not the the intention of me bringing this up is not to disrespect him it is to point out the fact that he had a very very bad <laughs> string of like years couple years <clears throat> came to us work with pete walker uh changed the game for him focus on yeah he's a two-pitch pitcher but he's just so utterly dominant with both nobody can touch him uh, and I don't see why he would want to leave the comforts of having a, a pitching coach that mm-hmm. helped save your career. Um, yeah. Not to say Robbie Ray didn't put in the work. He did. Yeah. I'm just saying that our coaching staff w- is a significant, if not major, contributor to Robbie Ray's success. Why would he walk away and start fresh somewhere else when, you know, dude just got himself reestablished here it just i just don't i would i I understand he wants to get paid i don't see why the jays would not want to match any anything that they get um and i think that's what it comes down to is can the jays match everything that he'll be offered and i think the answer is yes 
Interesting. So okay. whether it's five five years, one hundred twenty five million, uh, it won't be any longer than that. It'll probably be five one twenty five. I'd say the highest the Jays would probably go is five one thirty, uh, maybe one thirty five. But I don't think it'll go that ridiculous. I think five one twenty five is is bang on. Nice. And yeah. uh, I think Robbie Ray re-signs with the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't okay. see him leaving. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about Hunjin Ryu, Patrick. It's, I, this was the one I was dreading talking about the most because I have been vocally very uh, frustrated yeah. with the season that Hunjin Ryu was able to put together. Still uh, had a very respectable record. Uh, ERA of 4.37 made him about average. However, for him, uh, ERA nearly doubled uh, over his performance in 2019. Uh, not what you want to see in year two of a four-year deal where <laughs> yeah. you're paying him a shit ton of money. Every time he had a bad start, though, he had a good start. Uh, the Ks declined. The home runs upticked dramatically, which was predicted by Fangraphs two years ago and didn't happen. And mm-hmm. then they predicted that it wouldn't happen this year, and then it did. So it just goes to show that Fangraphs uh, doesn't know everything. Um There were a lot of performances, and when the season started, he was our ace. Um, The expectations, at least for my part, were very high. I expected Ryu to perform better than he, much, much better than he did. Um, The question that I put here, is he no longer our ace? Where does he fit into the depth chart is a really interesting question. I don't think he's our ace, even if... Uh, Robbie Ray does not return and we don't sign anybody else. I wouldn't even say he's our number two pitcher. What do you think? I think he would be number two behind Jose Barrios if he if we don't sign anybody okay. else. See, I think I think Manoa has, is already... Mm, I, I'm not ready to anoint that yet. And I like, I like Manoa a lot, as we'll talk about in a bit. But... Um, Ryu, I'm going to go ahead and grade him as a C plus. I was very disappointed with the season. Uh, we know that he knows that his season was a disappointment because he's yeah. already said as much in interviews. He already said, you know, he's going to work on conditioning uh, and work on some of the other issues. His delivery just wasn't good. No. And they this was analyzed to death on Sportsnet. Uh, the deception in his delivery wasn't there. Um he tried to make in-season adjustments and it just sometimes it worked most of the time it didn't work so it was just a frustrating uh attempt at him, trying to salvage uh his season and i know people say oh well he was 14 and 10 and he still got it done and it's like well you know he he wasn't he hurt briefly as well he was uh, spent some time on the il yeah just yeah, for, just for like, 10 days it wasn't like a long-term thing but yes he was off and on, and to be honest with you, if we had made the playoffs, he would not have pitched in the wild card, and he certainly wouldn't have gotten game one or two uh, of uh, the five game series uh, we may have played. Um, right. He would have been a depth, the depth starter uh, for like game three or even game four in the playoffs had we made it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I man. do not I disagree think... with that for sure. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I, I don't want to continuously poop on him because, like, he is, he did have some great 
uh, starts where he was able to log actually like seven innings or more. He was just really, it was just the inconsistency was yeah. really bad. It made it really difficult for the Jays and ultimately obviously missing the playoffs by one game. There are a lot of what might have been. You can't blame Ryu for all of that, um, but you would hope to see more from your from who started as your ace at the beginning of the year. Yeah, C plus is fair. Yeah, and I'll give him a C. Um, I I think that the reason I'm giving him a C is I do think he's going to bounce back, and I, I like it when players do acknowledge that they they have a lot a lot to work on because his his off season is going to be busy. Um, and I think I think that we do see him come back. I hope he comes back in a, a bit better shape. He was looking a little a little husky towards the end of the season. He was getting into, <laughs> he was getting into twenty twenty Vladdy territory for a bit there. And I yeah, think, he's uh, a big boy already. But yeah, I think yeah, I'd like to see some significant conditioning changes, and I think that will have a dramatic impact because he's still got the stuff. For he's sure, he um, got the tools. He's got the talent. Yeah, his his walks were still low. Like it's not like he was getting into trouble with with that. He was giving up a lot more base hits and a lot more home runs, as you yeah. alluded to, which is not ideal. Um, Two more years of Ryu. Uh, yeah. Do you see him finishing the whole contract with us? Yes. Okay, that's fair. I think he slides down the depth chart though pretty pretty quickly over time. Perhaps. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, by the way, I didn't say either. it, but I I'm giving an A plus to Robbie Ray. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. One of two A pluses uh, that I will be giving out today. Ooh, spoiler it's alert! Exciting. <laughs> Let's talk, Stephen Matt. Yeah, I, guess I really it. wish that Chris Henderson was here right now because, god damn it! Oh man, that'd be so satisfying for you. I rode this horse <laughs> fucking year. I said, watch for Stephen Matt. Watch for Stephen Matt. Watch for Stephen Matt. Finishes the year fourteen and seven, three point eight two ERA, uh, uptick. Uh, on his uh, error, improving on the home runs, not giving up a lot of waffles. Uh, beat the fifth projection, or no, he didn't. He missed the fifth projection by a tiny bit, but uh, for a 2.8 war player, outstanding comeback season, full-blown yeah. renaissance. Um, we paid him $5 million, and he pitched like a $30 million pitcher, if we're being honest. I wouldn't Outst- say $30 million. I'd say outstanding maybe 50. base. He's just limited base runners. <laughs> No, didn't give up homers. He was just clutch when he, he was, was good. He had his back was against the wall from his own doing. He bounced back, often delivered five, six innings of solid work, sometimes getting up to seven shutout innings. I'm giving him a B plus for his performance. I still, the walks, I know we're vastly or very quickly approaching the uh, three. Why, why are you mad about two and a half walks per nine innings, Patrick? I'm not mad about it. I'm just. What's, what's wrong with that number? Like, I'm curious. We missed the playoffs and <laughs> by one game. And I know there were games where he wasn't on his game and he did give up a bunch of walks. Then there are other ones where he didn't give up any walks. And it's hard not to think about that. Uh, great year for him. B plus, I think is very fair. I don't want to give him an A because um, I'm scared. Uh, of, you know, the blowback. A minus. Uh, you're giving him an A minus? All I'm right, giving fine. him an A minus. I'm not afraid, Patrick. Now, <laughs> can we just acknowledge, though, before we close the book on Steve Mass, do you think we re-sign him, yes or no? <clears throat> uh, depending on price, I think it's got to be 
a three-year contract max. And I think he's going to be looking for a four or five year. So I, I, I think that's going to be term is the re- will be the reason that we don't resign Stephen Matz because I don't believe that a team feels incredibly comfortable giving Stephen Matz term. I think they're looking for like a three-year deal yeah. so that in, in the event that he does decline, you're only on the books for three instead of longer. I'd say three-year, $33 million with a team option. Team option? Fourth. Yeah, sure. Why not? I, I can get behind that. Uh, That'd I'll... be enough to get Matt. The Jays could certainly afford it, but when they look at their how they're projecting their rotation, are they going to give up on Nate Pearson as a starter and then obviously Alec Manoa? And are you going to try to re-sign Jose Barrios? So there's a lot of questions. Yeah, you're not. I, I, oh. I, would, I would do it. If if Matt was like, hey, three or thirty million, uh, you know, not don't even worry about the team option or whatever. Would you do three or thirty million on him? In a if heartbeat. He was just like, hey, man, I'll come back for three or thirty. Yeah, million. easily. Yeah, yeah. So, I actually think out of all the players uh, who we want to re-sign, Matt is the least likely. However, he's probably also the easiest to re-sign, which is weird for mm-hmm. me to say that because yeah, it you're doesn't not make wrong. sense. Um. Anyway, Alec Manoa. Yes. Finalist for rookie. Well, not really a finalist for rookie of the year, but he was gonna get consideration. Um. Mm-hmm. And and he pitched really well. Obviously, came up a lot earlier than expected. Lots of people were saying maybe this guy will get like a September late season injury fill in call up. Nope. He pitched like thirty five innings in AAA and was like, you know what, bring me to the show, and they did. Um. Great year for him. He struck out more than 10 batters per nine innings. He ended up pitching in 111 innings, the the most in his professional career, and that was just in the big leagues. So almost 150 innings this year, which is nice to see. And he didn't really lose any effectiveness, Patrick, uh, towards the end of the season. Um, I was kind of expecting that to happen, uh, where he would be a rookie in his first full season, but he's not like a... He's not a hurler, right? Like He throws like 94-95, tops out around there with the fastball. Throws a lot of curves, a lot of cha- a lot of sliders, a lot of changeups. His slider is 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 elite already. Um, yeah, I still yep. remember. I can't remember. I think it was against the Rays, maybe, where he struck out a batter on the same pitch that the batter was hit with the slider because the batter swung. <laughs> uh, super yep. funny because it was just such a dirty pitch. But uh, yeah, ended up being worth two WAR in ten games started. So two WAR over 111 innings, where Steven Matz was worth two point eight over 150. So uh all things considered a great year for him beat his fit projections as well he finished with a 322 era the fit and xpip xfip were 380 and 417 which are still good the issue with manoa yep. is he does give up some some walks the hits per nine super low number with, with Alec manoa he does not give, doesn't up, give up home runs either yeah so his his biggest thing that he needs to work on is the walks this is the control which i mean you throw the, a dirty slider like that you're gonna throw a lot of balls um <clears throat> But for him, like I mean, yeah, like the numbers are the numbers look great. Like a, a whip just above one, one point zero five. So you know he's not giving up a lot of hits. Most base mm-hmm. runners get on base with him due to like a flare or a walk. And yeah, the hard contact was was insanely limited against Alec Manoa. But for me, I think the guy's got to get uh, for a rookie pitcher. I'm giving him an A. Um, mm. to come up and do the numbers that he did. As a rookie, Patrick Marsh, a 23-year-old rookie, a 6'6", 260-pound large adult son, um, the dude is insane. Like, 
yeah, his hard hit rate, Patrick, was uh, 31.2, which is a top 7% of baseball. So, yeah, um, he's got the, it's it's his fastball yeah. isn't fast, fast, but it's heavy, deceptive. He has a sinker and a four seamer that he uses. So his pitch mix just for everybody at home, 36% four seam fastball, 28% slider, 27% sinker and the rest change ups. So Imagine pretty how- even mix how fucking annoying it would be to have to face Alec Manoa three times in a game. Yeah, because his two-seam fastball is equally filthy to his slider, in my opinion. So I would not. He He's the guy, out of all the pitchers that are in our on this list, he is the one I would be least excited to face. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Just the pure uh, filthiness. The filthiness of it. He does. He hits guy. He hits guys more than that. And that also kind of scares me. But also, it's just his stuff is just for like. Where did this kid come from? I know he was always there, but like to jump into the the bigs like this. Yep. There's got to be a regression at some point, right? Or is this just to the moon? Um, I'm investing heavily in Akbanoa's donks. I'll put it that way. All right. That's yeah. That's fair enough. I, I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and give him an A minus. Uh, the one little thing in his game that needs to be tweaked is, uh, yeah, the walks. The walks. Were, it was concerning. But yeah, he's, he's 23, and he'll he'll work on that. He's got t- Yeah, he, the dude if is only 23. Jesus Christ. If that's the one young. thing, Patrick, that he needs to work on, I think he's doing pretty well, eh? <laughs> we have so many young players. It is ridiculous. It's, yeah, an embarrassment of riches right now for the Blue Jays. And I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Friend of the show, Chicken Strip, Ross Stripling. (sighs) This is a tough one for me. Um, At times was really good. He made some adjustments, right? We've we've talked about this a million times. He was struggling mightily. Um, Shortly after he came on the podcast, coincidence? I think not. Uh, made some changes <laughs> to his delivery, <laughs> and uh, really, really, he's never coming back now. No, never. No, really revamped his, really, really turned his career around this season. Battled a little bit of injury. Um, ended up pitching more like a swingman bulk relief at the end. The home runs were not good for Strip this year. Nope. Over two per nine. League average is about one and a half, so way above league average. The FIP. He was right in kind of in line with his projections. Yeah. He, he finished with a he beat 480. The he beat it. Barely. He beat yeah. So he was a 480 ERA, which is right around league average, actually. Uh, yeah. The FIP at 483 and the XFIP at 521 is only worth 0.2 war in 101 innings pitched. He has got one more year left of arbitration eligibility, so that he's likely a Blue Jay for one more season unless he gets chipped out in a trade this offseason, yeah. which isn't unlikely, but. I wouldn't say is super likely to happen. Uh, yeah. Still very valuable as a potential fifth starting pitcher and or long relief slash swing man. Um, especially when you think about Nate Pearson, maybe not being super durable. Maybe he pitches three, four innings, kind of like how the Rays did with Luis Patino this year. And then Strip can come in and, and pitch some ball. Can be like that bridge gap to the back end of the bullpen and those kind of starts. That could be a, a reasonable thing to expect. We'll talk about those things later, though, in a different show. But yep. for me, I've, I've got to give Strips a D for this season. Um, just really, really not a good year. Pitched in some important situations and did not do well. 
So yeah, it's it's a D for me, and I'm just gonna leave it that at that. Man, it's I know it's so hard to be, uh, what's the phrase, impartial because he was the first guy that did come on to our. Yeah, he was uh, very gracious at this time. But I mean, which made, was it was it was amazing. Yeah, uh, it was really nice. But from May twenty fourth, uh, all the way up to. Uh, his injury uh, in August. Uh, he was tremendous. Uh, the Jays went eight and six during those thirteen starts uh, that he made. Uh, That's very good. Three three point two nine ERA, four point six oh fifth. So he slaughtered the projections. Yeah, guys were only hitting two hundred off of him. It was just he was really really great. Uh, he was getting sixty four percent of his pitches were strikes. 16% of guys strike looking and then 10% strike swinging. Um, but that being said, that stretch of time was the equivalent of like half his season. And then when yeah. he came back from his injury, uh, things were different. <laughs> uh, yeah, it didn't go great. Uh, he was put in some very difficult situations, uh, but he got absolutely hammered by the Rays in a game that we really needed to win. Yeah, uh, he got he got beat up pretty bad. Uh, he looked good in the in the last game against Baltimore, but uh, nice little bounce back. It was like a tale of two seasons for Strips. Uh, the first part of it, he was he really struggled significantly uh, up to the point where his ERA was seven point two zero, and people were talking about like, does he belong on this? Does team he at belong all? on the team? And, yeah. And then after that, uh, he was so good all the way through June and July and then right into August until he got hurt. And everybody was like, wow, this guy is, you know, if he can pitch this well the rest of the year, you know, we, we have a serious shot at making the playoffs. And it was just heartbreaking to see him get injured because, you know, we had hitched our wagon to that horse. Um, I can't give him a D but I can't justify anything higher than a C minus because <laughs> of how like it was amazing to watch his in season adjustments. I think that yes. is more indicative of the quality of pitcher that Ross Stripling is than anything else that we saw. His ability to make that adjustment so quickly. I would even uh, say the willing the willingness to make that adjustment, right? Like he It's hard. We've seen we've seen pitchers to. who otherwise were dominant, like Tin Lincecum not make those changes yeah. when they go into decline and their careers just end. Uh, yeah. And Ross had his back up against the wall and he ended up making, I'm, I'm talking to like he's my BFF, uh, strips strips made the in-season adjustment with Pete Walker. It worked. I think he represents our number five starter unless we sign somebody else or if they give up on Nate Pearson as a starter. Uh, and then I think you're right as a swing man. He's a guy who will definitely log a hundred innings with us. No he's valuable what, still. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the situation is, I would prefer personally if he was our number five starter, because I think he, his stuff, you know, would be an excellent sort of script flip for whoever is our ace, whether it's Ray or Barrios. They're, they're two very different pitching styles, and that's frustrating when you've got to play a guy who pitches one way and then the next day you're playing someone who sure. pitches completely different. 
And if Strips can get down his delivery and continue with the deception that he was able to pull off for that chunk of time uh, this year, I do think that he could be a very solid number five starter. And then I would also not be surprised if he got traded back to a California team. That's just sure. There's yeah. I have no I have no extra information for that. I wouldn't be surprised. What's your source, Patrick? <laughs> There's no source. I just, I feel like, I mean, he was such a great fit on the Dodgers and he still has tons of friends on that team. And I feel like, I feel like he'll end up back there. That's just me. That's just my, I have no insider information whatsoever. Pure conjecture. Big if true, Patrick Marsh. Yep. C minus though is the best I can do. I feel really bad even with that, but we'll just move on. Okay. Uh, Jose Barrios, what do you got for him? Mid-season I'm giving, acquisition. I'm giving Jose Barrios an A, uh, a bit, which is a little bit generous. Uh, but after a couple of rocky starts to join the franchise from that point on, uh, I think it was like his third he start with us. He was out. just unbelievable. Doesn't give up home runs, doesn't give up walks, strikes out a lot of guys. Guys can't get hit off of him. Uh, his ERA was right in line with FIP and XFIP for war pitcher. And what are we paying him? $12 million next year? Yeah, less than he's worth for sure. Very, very likely to be our ace, if not number two, assuming we uh, re-sign Robbie Ray. I like his stuff. His slider is elite. It is one of the best sliders in baseball. Uh, It is different from Robbie Ray's, which is more of a wipeout. Barrios is just a machine, and I think that a full year now in the AL East, he's going to piss off a lot of <laughs> with his stuff. Uh, and I look forward to watching him absolutely massacre uh, the Yankees and Boston yeah. with his tricksy stuff. A for me, easiest A on the list. Really excited to see whether or not we re-sign him. Uh, but uh, if he has a great year this year and there's every indication to think that he would, Mm -hmm. God damn, he's going to get paid a lot of money. Pay the man, I believe. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I got to give him an A and the body of work between two teams. And like you said, like really a couple of rough starts, but I mean, a one Oh six whip, he pitched 192 innings, which was an inning and a third less than Robbie Ray. He yeah. was worth just a little bit more war, uh, 4.1. And, yeah, again, like the projections were basically spot on for him in terms of FIP and XFIP. 3.52 ERA, 3.47, 3.59 FIP and XFIP. So, like, this dude pitches exactly as you'd expect him to, consistently, incredibly well. The strikeouts are high. The walks are low. The home runs are low. Like, he's, he's, he's everything you could want. And was the ace in Minnesota, and if not for Robbie Ray, would have been the ace in Toronto, and may very well be the ace, depending on what goes down with free agency, as you said. So, yeah, it's yeah. an easy, easy A for me. Just really impressive stuff. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what Barrios does. A full season of him is going to be, I think fans are in for a real treat, watching Barrios for a full season. Barrios, I don't think we've sniffed a 20-game winner, gotten close to that. I think the closest was Jay Happ. Yep. Had 17. I think it's been a, a Papa Burley, maybe, had 20. Hard to remember, but. Maybe Doc. Doc had one year, I believe. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it's been a while. I'd be really interested to see. I'm very excited to see Burrios next year. Yeah. Um, a. A. Easy A. Uh, <laughs> speaking of A's, the Canadian version, E-H, Jordan Romano is our next pitcher. A yeah, segue. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going to give myself a pat yeah. on the back for that one. I mean, uh, you, <laughs> you, you could have, uh, you, you dropped the Easy A. You easily could have had an Emma Stone reference in there, but you didn't. Oh yeah, I and I was really disappointed. That. I forgot yeah, about I that so... movie. I'm sorry. I know. I mean, um, it's very forgettable. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, Jordan Romano, the closer himself, 24 for 25 in save opportunities. The dude lives for high pressure situations. You don't talk to him after like the sixth inning because he's like a absolute animal in the bullpen. Just like <laughs> looks like a caged beast. He just paces around. Looks like he's about to cut somebody. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't talk to yeah. Jordan Romano in the yard of the prison for sure. He's the guy you want to stay away from. Um, yeah. But but because of the his his leading success, like the Jays aren't ready to like anoint a closer for next year. But like Jordan Romano's the closer. Who are we kidding? Stop stop toying with us, Ross. Um, yeah. So Jordan Romano, a plus for me. The only issue is the walks, but. When you're striking out 12 batters per nine and not giving up any base hits, I'll, I'll take the walks. He's a closing pitcher. He's throwing gas, touching 100 and 101 in a couple occasions. You'll have to see it. I, I, 1.2 war out of the bullpen. 62 games uh, pitched. He was healthy for most of the season. Had a quick stint on the aisle at one point, but then bounced back right away. Yeah, easiest A-plus for me on this team. A-plus. A-plus, Patrick. I am going to give Jordan Romano an A. Uh, I love everything about what Jordan Romano is as a player. Psychopath. As a teammate. An absolute fucking lunatic. Love to see it. In the eighth inning. On the mound. In the pen. Coming out. He's scary. He's a scary man. Yeah. Um, And I love that. And, And Jays fans absolutely fucking love this guy. Um. It's worth noting that while he did have, what was it, 24 saves, he also was on the mound at the end of seven games to which he received the victory. Yeah. So when we needed a, the dub, Romano was our guy. He was the he only true, like, save. yeah, he was the true, um, we need three outs, bring in our best pitcher, that was him every time. You need, yep. you go, you, if it's the seventh inning... Top four or top three in the order coming out for the other team. Romano's in the game. Easy, easiest decision for Charlie Montoya in his life is to bring this guy into a game. So, and they rode him hard down oh, yeah. the stretch. There were a couple times where he was out back to back, and the man still delivered. Yep. Uh, very impressive. The only reason I don't give him an A plus is because if I ding other guys for high walks, I gotta do it Boo. here. Uh, Romano's BB. Per nine is very high for a reliever, a 3.57. But it's important to remember that that's pretty much the only way these motherfuckers are hitting on. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Because they ain't hitting them. Uh, And the one home run per nine, so every nine appearances he would make in the ninth, he would give up one taco. Uh, That's not really, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. A for Jordan Romano. Probably my favorite closer that we've had since. <sighs> yes. <Jesus. laughs> Maybe it's been a long, long time since I. It's not that I dislike Ken Giles. It's just I don't know for whatever reason they just. He's not I, as memorable. <clears throat> no, John Romano is just an absolute monster. He's scary. 
I like that. I like that, like, this, like, person. I like feeling afraid for my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to stand in the bed. He's the guy I'd be most afraid of. I am changing my answer from Alec Manoa to Jordan Romano. I would not want to be within 100 feet of Jordan Romano at any point in time. This scares me. <laughs> There's something feral about that man. Oh, uh, yeah. And I love it. I love when he kind of, like, went to the mustache like, at the end of the year instead of, like, the full beard. <laughs> it just added, like, an extra, like, like sinister look to him. I yeah. am afraid for my... I'm in danger. I'm, I'm in danger. In danger. Uh, so you're Keep gonna, it going you're with an us. A plus? Yeah, A plus for me. Easy A. A plus. Well, speaking of easy A's, hey, here we are. This is the one I'm most excited to talk about because I shot my shot at the beginning of the season. I said Tim Meza is going to be super valuable. Blah, 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 blah. One of the I few things you got right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got quite a bit right, I know, although just, I got quite a bit I'm, wrong, too. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> uh, a broken clock is right twice, twice a day. A day. That's a uh, shout to Kevin Pillar on the show. Um, it, I used to send yeah. lots to Clayton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say uh, the two times I was definitely bang on was Steven Matz and Tim Meza. Outstanding season for Tim Meza. Comeback player of the year, in my opinion. Uh, I know Trey Mancini beat stage three cancer, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, but Trey Mancini was always a great player. He never stopped being a great player. Tim Meza had a terrible time with a terrible injury and was mm-hmm. not great. Uh, he had a great year. He's definitely our most valuable eighth inning guy yes. uh, before we acquired Adam Simbert. Uh, case per nine, career best. Home runs per nine, career best. Whip career best, fifth career best, ex-fifth career best. The guy just didn't concede anything when it mattered. Uh, Walks, his whip was 0.98, which was better than Jordan Romano's. Yeah. Better home runs per nine than Jordan Romano. Better BBs per nine than Jordan Romano. Um, The difference between these two guys, though, it's pretty dramatic. Tim Meza pitches, uh, I mean, I think he still cracked a mid-90s fast fastball but he's not a strikeout guy he's a guy that makes you swing at dumb stuff and he still strike out more than the batter per nine innings even at that that's right <clears> he's not really uh, but this was the best season any he, he got his was it mba he got his master's degree he got he got his degree yep jesus christ uh he is the only other pitcher that i'm going to give an a plus to this no, was a fantastic no. season from tim Meza. he deserves it i know uh, Romano is the flashier of the two, but Tim Meza absolutely deserves an A plus, and I'm so excited uh, that we get to see Tim Meza pitch for hopefully a very long time in a Blue Jays uniform. As far as I recall, he is still uh, under lock and key with us until 2026. He is ARB eligible in 2023, so get ready to see lots more Tim Meza. I'm very excited. A plus, A plus, A plus. Yes. Uh, Justin rebuttals. Yeah, I, I I'm not going to rebut anything that you said, uh, other than the fact that I will also be giving him an A plus because, as you mentioned, the the roster, the value of this dude this year for what started off as a minor league invitation to spring training, minor league contract with an invitation to spring training turned into a guy who appeared in 61 games, so over a third of our baseball games. And yep. it was just insanely valuable, uh, worth worth one war. Anytime you can get a bullpen pitcher worth one war, you're doing really well. And 
yeah, I got to give him an A plus as well too. To be called upon to come in and get one out, which happened to him uh, quite a few times. Yep. And and the fact that it was pretty much a lock when he would do so. Yes. Is reflective of how reliable uh, and how valued he was by the management and coaching staff. Yeah. Tim Mays ain't going anywhere, folks. Give us really excited to see him and Romano in the pen for a long time. Give us your report on Butters. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, so Trent Thornton. Mm, oh, Butters. No longer a starter. Uh, Butters spent a majority of the time uh, up and down. Yeah. Sometimes hurt. Overall, not a great year for Butters. Less than ideal. Uh, ERA ballooned up to four point seven eight very risky his case per nine were great when he was able to get his stuff working he was a strikeout machine uh the problem was that when it wasn't he was walking guys or he was just straight up giving up home runs uh 2.2 home runs per nine is extremely not ideal uh a whip of 1.43 is also not great yeah really bad fit his x fit though you could see there would be leveling off but at a negative 0.4 war, Trent Thornton has a lot to prove uh, in order to get a roster spot back next season. Um, I still think that he has something that is worth investing in. I think his days as a starter are dead. Uh, I was definitely God, wrong about so. that at the beginning of the <laughs> year. Um, he had a good 2019 when the rest of the Jays were the shit. Uh, comparatively speaking, he was, he looked really good. Uh, but this 2021 season was just not good for Trent. I'm going to go ahead and give him a D, uh, D for dreadful. Yeah. D for doomed. I don't know, man. I don't, he's going to have to fight his way into a roster spot. Yes. It's going to be a vicious fight. Yes. For him to get it. I Sucks. am with you. Uh, what are you going to grade him as? F. Oof. That's all I'm going to say on the subject. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Moving on. Adam Simber. It's going down. I'm yelling Simber. Simber! 71.2 innings pitched the entire season. Between Boy, Miami we, and we, the Jays. We absolutely rode this guy in the 7th and 8th. When Tim Mazel wasn't available, Adam Simber rose the cause a 2.26 era uh the dude does not give up home runs 0.25 home runs per nine folks he might have given up like what two home runs imagine uh, imagine year. trading adam simber for joe panic <laughs> oh no that. it's adam simber and Corey dickerson yeah but imagine just do, imagine doing one of them <laughs> Then, POV then... or Joe Panic, and you're on the field, and <laughs> Ross Stripling just showed you up to big time you. Yeah. And then two weeks later, you are playing for Miami. Miami. Oof. Uh, meanwhile, Adam Simber and Corey Dickerson contribute greatly to this team down the stretch. Yeah. Adam Simber gets an A from me. Jesus, I almost want to give him an A, but I can't because uh, I said I wouldn't. A, easy <laughs> A for me. This guy, I believe Adam Simber, we have him until at least next year. Am I uh, Two more years, I believe. 
more years two more years of Adam yeah. December. Imagine being, Imagine trading Joe Panic for that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh so yeah. Uh A for Adam Simber. Uh weird delivery, but you know what? I just I love it. I love um it. I'm all about it. What do you give him? A plus. God damn. We're we're just dishing out A's this year. Remember We'd have to fight our way into justifying it. Well, minus. speaking speaking minutes. speaking of A's, uh, Anthony K gets an F from me. Okay, all right. And and frankly, it's not even close. Um, if Bob Bobby K, if you're listening, don't roast me on Twitter. You you can't defend your brother's numbers this year, my friend. He was he was downright dog shit. Um, the only good number was the strikeouts, but when you're walking about half as many people as you strike out. It doesn't matter how many batters you're striking out. That's a big oof. Um, yeah. Anthony K, the last remaining piece of the return for Marcus Stroman, since we shipped off Simeon Woods Richardson for Jose Brios. Mm-hmm. His time on the 40-man roster, Patrick Marsh, could be numbered. He may be a trade candidate this season. This offseason is part of a package deal if somebody's looking for a minor league reclamation project. That's what Anthony K is at this point. And frankly, I don't really care if he's a Blue Jay again because he just hasn't performed at all. So, yeah. Really disappointing season for Anthony Super did disappointing. Get, did get five starts. He looked good in one of them, and he looked bad every other time that he was on the mound. It's yeah. really, really tough. And I do believe uh, I endorsed that him after that one good start, and I feel yep. bad about it now. Yep. Uh, buyer's remorse. Uh, the one thing I will say about Anthony K is that he is indeed a strikeout machine. His K's for nine, 10.43 is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, the problem is that when he's not striking guys out, he is literally giving up doubles or home runs or walking. Mostly walking. And, <laughs> and you can't do that. Um, no. Yeah, mostly walking. Giving up close to five walks for nine. Yikes. And when you're a spot starter or a guy who's trying to like you know do garbage time not ideal you can't anthony k i don't see anthony k back uh with the jays unless something wild happens uh at which point i fear for our future uh yeah i think a fresh start somewhere else would be great for anthony k ship him off to the nl maybe uh i hear the mets need a starter uh, moving on, <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about Trevor Richards. Uh, yeah. This guy, oh, it's so frustrating. I, I want to say negative stuff, but you go first. How can you say negative stuff about Trevor Richards, Patrick? Uh, the only two negatives for Trevor Richards are the walks, and the and even then, you you have red as a walk at three point zero eight per nine. I I would put that as a yellow or a green even, because again, that's I'm not above, giving him a green for a, fucking three walks per nine. Patrick, Come that's on. above league average, my friend. Um. Anyway, the home runs are a little bit above league average. The whip is well below one. So, again, he's he's kind of like a Romano where you're only getting on base one of two ways. Either you're getting hit by a pitch or you're getting walked. And uh, just like Simber, another midseason addition, uh, Rowdy Telez had to die so that Trevor Richards could live. Um, <laughs> even the Rowdy Telez had a very good year with Milwaukee. Congrats to Rowdy, by the way, on that. Um, but, yeah, Richards was everything the Jays needed to stabilize that bullpen. The sixth and seventh inning were a lot of times him and Simber. Um, and most of the time they did a really good job. The strikeouts were nearing 11 per nine. 
He was he beat the fit projection projections. He ended up winning seven games, being credited with the win seven times. So pitched in some good leverage situations. Yep. And yep. again, he's, he's another guy who's under control for a while. I'm just pulling up that number now, so I'm just going to stall Former for a starter. second. Um, yeah, exactly. This guy is arbitration eligible this year. He's not a free agent until 2025, so the Jays still have him for 22, 23, and 24, three more years. That's good. Same with Stimber. Um, yeah, so very good. good. Our pen. Uh, oh, uh, gonna... I'll give him a B, by the way. Yeah, me too. I'll give him a B minus uh, just because there were some clutch games where Trevor Richards uh, had a tough time, and I can't, I can't look past those. And the home runs per nine is alarming. Um, he'll, he'll have a bounce back year. He'll have a bounce back year. Uh, having him as our uh, our backup seventh inning guy is a very good sign. Our pen is so much better than what it was. Uh, last year 100 percent. i mean a healthy julian merriweather thrown into the mix with simber and Meza and romano and it's just like it's the, the, our, our pen there's a couple of spots in our pen that need help but not quite as much as what i thought now that we're reflecting back and looking at the numbers i'm gonna go ahead and give him a b minus is uh, love the case for nine love the is case a healthy nine. julian merriweather kind of like a unicorn like will we ever see that yeah. Oh, yeah, we will. Um, the problem is that eventually somebody out of this list could be the odd man out, and Julian Merriweather may very well be. There, The book is closed yeah. on him as a starter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had those outstanding appearances where he closed games in, in April. the first series of the year, yeah. And then he got hurt. Yeah. And the rest of the year was just a clusterfuck for him. And his yeah. stats weren't really great at the end of the year. He's not getting graded. He's getting an incomplete because it's just not even worth mm-hmm. trying to parse together some sort of grade. Trevor Richards, B-. minus. Let's talk about Taylor Saucedo, the sauce man. Yeah, we got a couple guys left here. See, this is frustrating because on one hand, Saucedo doesn't give up home runs. But he gives up a lot of hits. Yeah, he's a lot of, a lot a lot of base runners. Uh, his ERA was well above the fit projection, which I think is a positive sign. It's due to the walks, yeah. Let's because call the, home, it... the home runs are low, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sosedo will shape into a serviceable reliever. This was not his year, so to speak. I'm going to give him a C because I can't, I don't know. There's a lot to like about Sosedo. We just didn't see enough of it, I think, this year. Yeah, I think I think the upside is there for sure. Like you said, with the, if he can bring those walks down and maybe limit some base runners in terms of the hits, yeah. as long as he can keep the ball in the yard like he did, he's definitely a ground ball pitcher. And again, a lot of the times that he was giving up those hits, and I know I noted this a lot in episodes, they were just like those dribblers like through the infield, like a lot of balls on the ground. Similar to a Hunjin Ryu, when they give up a lot of hits, it's a lot of like weak, soft hits that just are squeakers. Can you look up what opponents were hitting off of him so we can de- yeah. dive into this? Um, but from what I'm that. seeing on the surface level of his statistics, it's that guys were were getting solid contact off of him when they did hit him. And when they didn't hit him, they could count on work and account. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, usually in their favor. 
the good thing about Sasato too is the he's a lefty, right? Which he's also yeah, like he's also we've got a lot of uh, control with Taylor. He so. is twenty eight years old, by the way. Um, yeah, he's not a kid, but he's not. Um, if you look at it though, he. I think we have yeah he's not a free agent until 2028. There's lots of time yeah. to workshop this uh, this young man, and this was his rookie season. You're right. Drafted drafted by the Jays in 2015. Worked his way up in the system. Um, he'll be he'll be a part of the the uh, the pen next year. No sure. Problem. Yeah, opponents did hit uh, 229 against him. The not ex- terrible. The expected was uh, 256 though. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I think that's the thing is like guys they could count on guys facing Sustato could either count on like the the, uh, the count getting worked up to close yeah. to pull. Um, he just doesn't have that killer close pitch. And no, that's he's why not, his he's not a striker. Nine are six six six. Yeah, the number of, of the, the beast. beast. Ooh, um, but yeah, I expect I expect him to have a better year than this. So yeah, slot him into the pen. I'll give him a C minus just Fair. because of the promise. There is a lot of good and there's also a lot of bad here. Um, Anthony Castro, another rookie. And this guy had some <laughs> moments early in the season. Uh, his sinker is very good. I'll give him that. Um, he does get a lot of like weaker contact, strikes out guys. The walks aren't terrible. The home runs are not terrible. They're about league average. He was way above the FIP projections. He did finish with a 474 ERA. Uh, the FIP was 402, and the X was 370. Still worth 0.2 WAR in 24 and two thirds innings pitched. So, not a terrible year for a rookie pitcher. He's a guy who will definitely battle for a major league roster spot. And may begin the year in say a Buffalo next year, depending on what moves the Blue Jays make. But he definitely earned himself a look for sure. And yeah, the fact that he was a waiver pickup kind of during spring training from Detroit. Uh, a pretty good find. And, a, and a, honestly, a, a, a serviceable season. The guy was on the IL a couple of times, worked his way back up at the end of the year. Um, and Yeah, and for me, like, I think he did, a, he did an admirable job for a rookie, and I'll, I'll give him a C, a C minus. I'll give him the same grade as to say it. I'll give him a C minus. Uh, I'm going to give him a C. Uh, I really like his... Uh, to strike out guys yeah. at an alarming pace. That's a great thing for a reliever. Uh, I believe he led the team in Ks per nine among... Oh, no, he didn't. Romano had a higher Ks per nine. Uh, but... Um, regardless, yeah. A lot to be impressed about. Work on those walks a tiny bit. And uh, honestly, I think he just had some some bad luck where like he'd give up a walk and then hit, hit. And then there inevitably a run would come in, and I yeah. think the more experience he gets, will be fine. So I expect him. I don't even think he'll have to fight. I think he'll be on the forty man, and he'll be right there uh, in the pen next year. Okay. Our last guy. God damn, this hurts. This one hurts. Yeah. Ryan Baraki, guy we had a lot of hope for over the years. Uh, awful season for him. Injuries. Four point- Injuries and just ineffectiveness. Uh, 4.94 ERA. Uh, dirt. 4.18 BBs per nine. Really Oof. bad. 1.9 home runs per nine. Really bad when you're a reliever. 
Uh, he beat the fifth projection, but that's because his fifth projection was to the fucking moon. <laughs> to the moon. Uh, really bad. XFIP showed uh, that he would level off eventually, but he didn't. Uh, 23.2 innings, in my opinion, is not enough to throw dirt on Ryan Barucki. Incomplete for me. Uh, I'm giving him an incomplete as well. If he had, like, two more innings, he'd be getting a solid F for me. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to incomplete him. Uh, he was out there for some good moments, though. Um, I think he deserves another shot. Uh, oh, but yeah. I think he will have to fight his way. It'll either be Buffalo or, uh, you know, he'll, low, he'll be... Low, 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 low leverage. Super low leverage, like the Brian Tallett of... Ooh. Yeah, we're already down by nine runs. Deep Get cut. Out there. It is. Um... <laughs> Or Josh fucking Towers uh, <laughs> after that one year, after two two thousand five or whatever year it was. Um, yeah, yeah Baraki. There's a lot of potential there still. I think for him to be a serviceable reliever, but he, I, th- I don't know. He's not going to be a starter. New. No. I don't know. Maybe some some. See, the thing is, like Baraki, awful year. Didn't really get a chance. I don't know what his his stats were in Buffalo, but I don't think he was there for very much. But then we had guys like Jacob Wagaspack, who had a terrible, awful, no good, really bad, terrible, (laughs) yucky start to the year. And then he was absolutely fantastic in Buffalo. And he is going to earn himself uh, the opportunity to compete with the Ryan Baruckis for a roster spot. And I feel like a guy like Wagaspack, if, or is it Waggis Pack? Who is it that we still have? I know we traded a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Waggis Pack we still have. Yeah. We didn't deal him, right? No, I don't think so. Waggis Pack is still in the organization. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he was in Buffalo. He was fantastic in Buffalo. Uh, but he was just, he struggled so fucking much in his uh, 11 games. 8.15 ERA. Uh, but uh, the good news is that Waggis Pack is only or ooh, ooh, he is twenty eight. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> incomplete for Ryan Barucki, incomplete for Jacob Waggis Pack. They're gonna have to fight their way onto the roster. Uh, but that being said, if you look at it, like the more I think about it, yeah, we have some gaps in the rotation. But between Romano, Meza, Simber, Richards, Sacedo, and Castro. I used to think there were four plus spots that we had to fill in the bullpen, but really it's more like two. Yeah. It's not that bad. And then assuming if Ross Stripling is in fact in the pen, it's really like one, one plus. So like, it's not that bad. We should definitely have more depth arms in case of injuries. Uh, And we will, we'll certainly sign guys. I would love to see us go out and get an elite uh, eighth inning guy, not necessarily a closer, but just to give us more to work with because we don't want to overwork Romano and Meza and Simber um, the same way we did this year. It was high risk, but it was high reward. Yeah. Um, overall, what grade would you give our rotation this year? The rotation itself for me is going to get a B plus actually. Me too. Exactly uh, what I was thinking was uh, this was one of the best rotations that we've had probably since 20. 20- 16 in my opinion yes so that was like peak marco estrada peak j half peak aaron aaron sanchez marcus stroman was hanging around although i think he was hurt that year 
um that was a pretty fucking good rotation that was a good 2015 yeah um i would say this was a better rotation than that group maybe our best rotation since like Probably 93, man, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I would put it up there for sure. Um, I and then our pen. Those numbers. What are you going to grade our pen? The pen? <laughs> the the back end of the bullpen? Easy A. Easy A. Simber, yep. Meza, Richards, Romano? Easy A. The yep. other Motley crew of characters that we had this year? A C, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys that are... High leverage A, were not great. mid to low leverage C. <laughs> but a lot of those guys would have been like uh, Fs. Yeah. Guys like uh, Dolis. Dolis would have gotten an F from me. Chatwood. Uh, Chatwood would have gotten an F from me. So, like, if you look at, like, our bullpen over the entire year, I would grade as a B. But if you look at the, what the final bullpen looked like, easy A. Easy A. Yep. Maybe the best bullpen we've had together since the days of the Terminator, uh, Tom Hankey in the in the early 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 nineties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just okay. 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 Savage, uh, vicious bullpen. Vicious. Guys that just get guys out and don't give them much to work with. Excited for next year. So, Justin, uh, any final thoughts on our pitching staff? What would you overall grade our pitching staff as a whole? Pitching staff as a whole. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said about even about the rotation some more being um, incredibly consistent and we yep. didn't have to use a ton of starters after Manoa was called up. April and May were kind of a clusterfuck, but the consistency was there for the latter part of the season. Guys weren't getting hurt. Like there was no long-term injuries, knock, knock on wood for next mm-hmm. year. Uh, yeah. So I think the pitching staff as a whole, based on kind of durability, I'll, I'll give the pitching staff a B this year, I think, Patrick. This team, uh, this team doesn't win ninety-two games without at least a B pitching staff because there were t- there were times, as we know, that the offense just disappeared for like a couple weeks. So. All right, uh, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll say I'll 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 agree. I'll say B. Um, there was a lot of crap that got ejected from the pitching staff throughout the year that didn't finish. If I if I were to grade the overall performance of the entire pitching staff from start to finish, it would be just average B because there were so many dog shit performances by guys yeah. who aren't on the team anymore. But if we look at the final numbers of everybody who's still here, A minus. A minus. Yeah. yeah. With what's left. Yeah. All there's the very few weak spots of who's left. Would agree with that, yes. Um, and I'm including, oh, it's weird because I am including Robbie Ray even and Steven Matz, even though they're free agents. Yeah, they were, they uh, were grading the, the, the past here. It's the post-mortem. <laughs> exactly. So we're all done uh, with that. We'll do the hitters next time. There's a lot of them. Yeah, that's going to be uh, fun. There's a lot of pitchers too. It'll be fun. Hopefully we have some updates as far as free agency. So are we back? We back. We back Jeff, once a week. By the way, Jeff Passan from ESPN, super funny guy, by the way. Great reporter. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, the Passan bombs have not started to fall yet. But uh, he did say guys like Correa and Samin could sign before the CBA expires December 1st because they yeah. may have a less favorable 
contract structure under a new CBA, and some guys just want the certainty of the paycheck. So we'll see what happens. Uh, this just slid across my desk here. I just picked Ooh. up this piece of information. At John Morosi, sources confirm the Jays, Angels, and Tigers are among the teams that are interested in left-handed pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez. Interesting. You may remember Eduardo Rodriguez from his time with the Boston Red Sox. He has played his entire career there. Uh, his ERA ballooned the last year from 3.81 all the way up to 4.74. He took a knee in 2020 uh, due to COVID. Uh, got some Cy Young love in 2019. Yeah. It would be very interesting because he's a lefty. Yeah. yeah it would be yeah. very interesting to see if Matt, Ray, and Rodriguez come back because then we've got fucking four starters who are left handed. Kind of wild. I like that. So there you have it. See y'all next week. Beautiful. Love that. Let's get out of here. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. Oh, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast, BFMDpodcast.com. Find us on the usual haunts. Uh, For Justin Anderson, this is P Marsh. We out.